0: Well, JD, welcome to another edition of the Bones of Advertising. I'm Craig McLeod and you are? I'm John Douglas. I, I,
1: I, I wish I could be Troy McClure again, but uh, sadly uh, sadly, Troy's
0: not with us today. In more ways than one. He's always, he's always lurking around. Hi, I'm actor Troy McClure. <laughs> he's still here somewhere, but yeah, he's not here right now. Now, down to the bone for today. Have you got a bone for us to pick over? I do. I've got a lovely
1: bone to chew on today. I just uh, I just reach back and and open up the cupboard way at the back, oh, way at the back. Right. We're going all the way to the back. Gelding. We're going all the way back because we're going to chew on a little bone called "You Are Not Your Customer."
0: Yeah. Right. Okay.
1: Let me. I'd like to. I'd like to start. I would like to start with a story. I'd like to start okay. with um uh, uh, a story. I was in Tasmania. I worked in Tasmania for a while. Lovely, lovely part of the world. And. I was uh, talking with a client, and we were selling online gambling. So the casinos down there had a monopoly. They were moving into uh, online gambling, which you know, if you can get a foot footprint, footprint online, you know, the sky was the limit. They were looking at you know billions and millions of dollars. Right. And this guy was a it was a delightful, delightful man. You know, I liked to go go and have a coffee with him, have a chat. Like he was he was a lovely, lovely man, but He most certainly was not the sort of person who was going to get into online gambling. He wasn't the sort of person who was into gambling, as like he he didn't spend whole afternoons down at the pokies putting five cent pieces into a pokie and pressing the magic button. So, like, he was not. He most certainly was not his customer. Right. Okay. (laughs) having a chat and he's had this idea. He's got here's what I think. I think we should do we should do this and like he explained this ad that I've forgotten what it was. But I do remember my response was Kevin, just because you know how to spell doesn't mean you know how to write. Yes. The whole like the language he was using, the idea he'd chosen, the media he was picking had nothing to do with the people he was talking to and, even worse, they were all about trying to, him trying to convince him that he should actually go and try his own product. Right. So it it ended up very well. We ended up, we went out and, you know, had several beers afterwards and all was good. But the whole idea of trying to help people understand help marketing managers see a c-suite like let alone the marketing managers when the c-suite comes in and and says I've got a marketing idea and what's the marketing idea well we we, we run an ad on Facebook Right? <laughs> like, that's not marketing
0: on you a start. That's a start. <laughs> that's a, that's a uh, campaign initiative or, or a meeting. <laughs> that's not an idea. <laughs> Certainly not a new one anyway. No, no, no. Yeah, right. So the the thing we're really talking about, I guess, is is helping um, people understand that the best prospect may not necessarily be us or you or or the marketing manager and making sure we're crystal clear when we're building campaigns that we identify exactly who it is that we're building the campaign for and i guess one of the great things about being an agency land jd is we work across a myriad of clients from footwear all the way through to aged care which i reckon is the full gamut i reckon that that is the the beginning? Yep. Well, maybe it's from baby care all the way oh, baby. to baby yeah. care. But and if baby bunting's out there and they need a new advertising agency, please, <laughs> Just call. Yeah. Call us now. We'd, we'd love to do some work with baby bunting. It'd be bloody brilliant. But the whole idea of it, JD, which is I guess the context of your uh, Tasmanian experience, if you're not a gambler, if you're not someone that goes to uh, you know, the, the punt on, on the weekend, goes and watch the nags, run round, that will bet on a couple of flyers walking up a wall, that will throw 20 bucks down on any kind of challenge, AKA Michael Jordan, recent doco, The Last Dance, he would bet on anything. Yeah. Then you know what? It might be difficult for you to understand where we would place an ad to entertain someone with that kind of psyche or that mentality.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think there is a, um, we fall over, we fall over a lot. It's not just, it's not just the C-suite and it's not just marketing managers, client side. It's, it's everyone inside the marketing bubble. Yeah. But we, we fall in love with ideas that, that we come up with. We <laughs> fall in love go. with lovely ideas because, you know, we're ideas kind of people, but like. You look at the media people choose, and everyone inside marketing world—not well everyone, but like forty-something percent of everyone inside marketing land—is like TV's dead. No one's watching bloody TV anymore. There's, you know, the figures are showing this, this rapid decline, and it's like, no, well, seventy percent of seventy percent of ordinary Australians <laughs> love sitting around watching. <laughs> Watching, bloody father needs a root or whatever the
0: bloody hell. What about like the voice is still, you know, it's still yeah. rating its bum off. You've got the footy show is still doing exceptionally well. So, you, know, you and I agree that you're right, it, but it's really about working with someone that can help you identify who the market is. And, and we work have worked closely. Little shout out for Nielsen. We've worked closely with them over a number of years because they actually help us firstly identify exactly who it is that's likely to buy the product or service. But then what they do is they scratch a bit deeper and they'll give us some of those insights we need like advertising attitudes. They'll also give us media buying consumption habits. Sorry, media consumption habits. And that's how we should be building the media selection based on those. We want to put the ad where the person is when they're most likely to buy. Crazy idea? No. Please don't. Crazy. that? Don't
1: put the ad in front of the people who are going to buy it. I mean, don't you want to put it in front of
0: the chairman of the business that you're like? Yeah, you made a good point, J.D. It's very hard, particularly, you know, we've both um, spent some time in creative capacity, you know, more so in, in a writing capacity as well. But it's very, very difficult to, to not fall in love with something that you've come up with almost impossible when you've put something forward and then you go, I love that. That's just such, but then you're like, well, you need to make sure that it's actually going to hit the mark with the best prospect because I'm not the best prospect when we're talking about, you know, women's fashion. I'm not the best prospect when we're talking about, you know, maybe golf or I'm not the best prospect, you know, when we're talking about something that again, isn't of great interest to me. So you've got to be able to take that normal hat off and say, I'm building this campaign, I'm putting together a media schedule and I'm putting an idea out there that's going to entertain and engage with and encourage people to act. That's the real important part. We want them to do something after seeing our ad for a specific group of people, not necessarily you or I.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's actually funny. It's not, nothing to do with advertising but there was this delightful um uh, observation I heard today, the whole Black Lives Matter piece, and I I'm, don't want to trivialise Black Lives Matter, please. this is not a this is not an attack on anybody. but I do find it interesting that we are getting a view of Black Lives Matter delivered by white reporters to white news teams into our living rooms. And there's this really interesting kind of lens that we look through that further uh, solidifies this kind of our our perspective of the world. It's, you know, it's once we get inside a bubble, we actually don't kind of realise what the bubble is until un, until someone says, you know, women don't talk like that. oh. <laughs> Well, about maybe you're right. Maybe we should ask a woman and see what
0: and see what she has to say. Crazy, but what else? Another good thing I think for us to touch on, and one of my favourite things, and and you know, part of your craft, is really about understanding whether there's been more interest and engagement with customers around content. And storytelling. So, not that it's changed anything that happens. People still want to buy stuff, but that real focus, I guess, around how you can engage more, how you can connect more over a longer term as well. So a content strategy that's sort of built on a really strong brand story, I think, is is another shift. So getting out of that mindset that you can just bang together a brochure, you know, stick a static website up that's kind of like a brochure and think that you'll be successful. I think we've really realised over the last, gosh, probably 10 years that it's so much more important to be able to take our prospective customers and customers on a journey with us, really help them traverse the whole inner sanctum and and the process and and provide them with ongoing interest in what we're about. What what means something to us (laughs) as a brand? What's what's
1: your story? Like if if you're talking to someone at a pub and they say, and and, and you say, so tell us about yourself, what's your story? And they start talking about themselves because they understand the simplicity of, what's your story? Yeah. And and if we can tell our story as a from a brand point of view, what's the brand story? Like when 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 you're talking to the when you're talking to the sales team or the C suite, you just say all we're trying to do is have people understand our story, understand how what we, and and understand how our story. Helps the customer tell their story. So when a girl walks out of, uh, uh, when a guy walks down the street and he's got a little blue Tiffany bag in his hand, there's every chance every single woman walking down the street is going, that lucky bitch. <laughs> you know? it's like yeah. that, that little blue bag. Says more about that guy than a big neon sign saying "I am the nicest guy in the world." Yep. It just, exactly. it yeah, just no, Yeah, what is the? It's the. It's the. It's that understanding of getting back to the bone of people understanding they're not their customer. Yeah. So, as as much as everyone has ideas and everyone loves to get involved in how we're we going to how we're we going to tell our customers why they should buy us. And we think we need, they need to understand this. What drives customers and what drives purchase and what drives behavior and what drives um, uh, consideration is very, very often very, very different to what would drive our consideration for a product.
0: The reason for relevance and relevance over such a long period of a time, is connection with the audience. And at the end of the day, that's what you've got to be able to do. You've got to be able to take the John Douglas hat off and put the hat on of whoever. Perfect, whoever. Whoever you're deciding to be in that moment and ensure that your idea is gonna connect with them. That's really what we're trying to say is ensure that when we're building campaigns and making sure that we develop ideas, those ideas are going to resonate with the best prospect. That's really it. And that may not be the marketing manager. It may not be the C-suite. It may not be John Douglas. It may not be Craig McLeod. But we've got to be able to understand what it is that's going to excite the people we are trying to talk to.
1: And it, goes, it all goes back to the go back to episode one. Where the very first thing we said, go and talk to your customer.
0: Go and talk to your
1: customer. <laughs> Find out. Find out how your customer talks. Find out what your customer needs to hear. Find out the way your customer likes to hear it. Yep. And tell your story the way they want to hear it, because your story is not what you're telling. Your story is what they're hearing. Yeah. So, it's a. That's the the the, the easiest simplest tip I can possibly provide anyone is,
0: go and talk to your customer. Yep. Absolutely. So, in summary, JD. Um, Really important thing for for us in this advertising world in in the marketing space to be able to understand that we may not be the customer in every instance that we're developing campaigns yeah yeah
1: we are we are more often than not
0: not the customer we more often so, than not are not the customer we're, we're more often than not not the customer yes not not, Indeed. not.
1: and and I think that I think the the, the, the the simple the simple the simple test is. If you weren't working for that company, would you have that product in your house?
0: Yep. Good. That's a really good point. Yeah, exactly. Well, I tell you there's a, <clears throat> there's a lot on that bone and uh, I think we've, we've chewed quite well. I'm definitely. We've only just begun we can come back and visit that bone anytime you like. <laughs> Fantastic, mate. That's uh, that's a wrap on another edition of the bones of advertising. Thank you very much. I've Thank been you. John Douglas. We'll see you next week. Don't go Thank changing. You.